0: nuclear war blowing up your face yeah
1: aliens are wiping out the human race welcome to the podcast i'm comedian mick nevin it is good to have you on board for a chat with various people about the approaching end of civilization as we know it should be good fun
0: Ebola epidemic bleeding out your ass. Ice caps are melting down all so fast. It's the Apocalypse Comedy Podcast.
1: Welcome aboard for episode 12 of the podcast. Good to have you with us. This episode, chatting with writer, author, Anna Spargo-Ryan about how to be mental in the apocalypse on new year's eve in australia we had some pretty bad fires in a place called malacoota uh people were being evacuated from the beach they well they weren't being evacuated then they had to shelter on the beach the fire was burning down towards the beach uh, the town was evacuated people huddled on the beach now a lot of australians watching this were horrified anna in particular was horrified and she wrote a piece about her own um, her own mental health issues which she has been very open with in the past and just saying how that like it would be impossible for her to deal with something like that and, and the blog piece ended up being very funny you know she's saying things like how am I going to be evacuated I'm going to be on the roof of my house there's a helicopter flying above me I'm like but I can't get in the helicopter I don't like flying <laughs> and as you know, this podcast loosely based on the apocalypse. So straight away, I went, yes, I have to get Anna on the podcast. I've known her for a while online. Uh, this is the first time we met in person. She used to um, publish uh, an online uh, an online literary journal, I guess you would call it, where she would publish short stories and, and essays and things. And I I submitted a few stories, never got published, but that's not the issue. Whatever ever since then i've followed anna on the socials uh, she's written a couple of books i've read one of them haven't read the other one uh, she's got a memoir on the way she does a lot of blogging and writing she's great you can check out her stuff at her website annaspargoryan.com importantly very open about you know how she deals with her me- her own mental health issues and trying to help other people deal with those so so that's good um she also she does she did a lot of writing last year about climate change and interviewing climate change people and and renewable energy people and stuff like that so that comes up in this episode along along with a lot of mental health stuff as always with mental health if you're not feeling well you can reach out to people okay It, it used to be frowned on in the past not today if you if you're feeling unwell about your your head reach out to someone there's uh beyond blue there's lifeline they're all on the the internet ev- all over the place talk to your friends you can actually just talk to a friend and say hey my head's a bit fucked up and you know they will help you definitely do that uh, like i said anna's stuff is our online com. if you want to check out my stuff then you can go to my website, mcnevin.com.au. You'll find all a lot of comedy things there. Uh, You'll find links to my upcoming solo shows at Perth Fringe World, Adelaide Fringe, and the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Those are all on sale now. Uh, You click the links, go through, use the booking promo code PODCAST, and that will get you a sweet little discount. That's me doing something for you because i appreciate the fact that you listen to my podcast if you wanted to do something for me you could um go to you know where you get your podcast from and just review the podcast give it a nice little review a five-star review that's mostly on the apple itunes i think where the reviews go you can hit me up on my socials there are links to the socials on the website send me a message be great to hear from you recommend a guest if you know someone that you think might be a good guest for the show, then I would definitely like you to point them in my direction or point me in their direction. That, that, that would be helpful. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, tell your friends about the podcast. If you're enjoying it, share it around, right? It's easy to share. Click the link, share it, copy it, paste it to your Facebook, whatever you want to do. Uh, uh, like I say, uh, and here is, my, here is the chat with Anna Spargo-Ryan about how to be mental in the apocalypse. Don't suffer in your own head, all right? Reach out to people. Talk to people. Beyond Blue, Lifeline, they can help. Talk to your friends, okay? Here's the episode. It's the Apocalypse Comedy Podcast. Pretend that some kind of an apocalyptic situation breaks out while we're here having a mm. chat. Mm-hmm. And it could be anything. could be anything. Um, yep. Zombies. Could My be a bushfire. Well, let's s- no, not a bushfire. Let's still
0: pretend one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, not a bushfire, <laughs> all right? Not a bushfire. Uh, it could be um, uh, asteroids. Aliens. Aliens. Let's oh go God. Aliens. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Aliens, yeah. And they come down, um, Independence Day style, just start wasting the cities. And you and I are suddenly thrown into the situation where we have to be apocalypse survivors mm, together, mm. Anna. What skills are you bringing?
0: Just so, just fear.
1: Just fear? Just so
0: much fear. Um, I've thought about this a lot, actually, about what I can bring because my family is very resourceful and I look around at them and I think I've really picked well with my family. Like, you guys okay. have so many useful skills and I will just be <laughs> here like, I can't do anything, but could you please carry me? Like, I just don't know. I can cook, but like with ingredients, not with stuff I've scavenged from. Them. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Well, technically, if you've scavenged something, that's an ingredient. That's true. It's like and
0: scavenging a, is quite a good skill, I guess. There you go. Point, yeah. How do you
1: right. go, like, if you're going through a uh, op shop or something like that, do you <laughs> tend to find... <laughs> no. Oh, so you're scavenging. No, I'm
0: not actually not very good scavenging at all. I could, like, make a community newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, I don't know. I honestly... Part of my worry is that I really don't know what useful things I have to add.
1: That's the the community newspaper because if you just if you got like scattered groups of people mm. around the world, uh, uh, you know, around nearby, news is, mm. no, news that's is true. a vital commodity. Otherwise, yeah. it's just gossip. Whereas if it comes on a, <laughs> a,
0: yeah, as we know, all newspapers. Uh, robust and not gossip.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly right. <laughs> but if it comes on a piece of paper with a with a with a um yeah, you got a, a title on, on the top, yeah, 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 a masthead. A that's mast-head. The word.
0: See, I can contribute the word masthead. Yeah. You've got <laughs> <can. laughs> We've got
1: yeah. a apocalypse um vocabulary. There we go. <laughs> that's right. Uh so you didn't you weren't in the um you didn't do anything as a girl, you weren't a scout or a girl guide or any of that sort of stuff? No. What was I? Probably weren't a uh, scout.
0: No, I wasn't a scout, no. I um Played a lot of touch football. Oh, there we go. And um, then just wrote poetry and cried. So I am going to be a good like catastrophizer in okay. the apocalypse. So I can contribute just alarmism. Yep. that would be my
1: because that's what the world needs more of right know, now. Yeah. Alarmism. <laughs> that's right. Good, good. So mm. that's uh that's. I feel like we're getting somewhere. You are a you are a writer. How do you see mm. in the event of an apocalypse? Mm. Do you see yourself? Do you know? Do you are you are going to continue to write? Mm.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of the most important times to write, I guess. I mean, I say that as if there's been multiple apocalypses before, but um, I think continuing to express things in ways that people can access and relate to and understand um, with nuance and, like, expressing ideas that might not otherwise get out, um, using the arts as a way to communicate anger and... um, and unrest and um you know being unsatisfied with the way that things are are going and uh, the arts is an incredibly important and strong part of that so yeah i think so when i'm not cowering and crying like it's (laughs) it's going to be a balance
1: (laughs) yeah you need to exactly that's the um that's the hard point is finding time to write in amongst the uh the you know fighting off the mercenaries and uh, and the the rampaging groups of vigilantes and Stuff aliens, like that. Aliens, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know if aliens like reading. Maybe that's the way to beat them. It's like all they want and that they've never had before. It's like really profound, beautiful words. They just and want they to be understood. Satis- exactly. <laughs> and they'll be satisfied as soon as someone can do that with them. Yeah, we
1: think they just want to eat us, but actually they just want someone to touch their hearts. They just,
0: exactly. They just want poetry.
1: Yeah, because you never see that in the Mad Max
0: Films? Nev- no it's not very realistic
1: mad max never sort of just takes a little bit of no. time out to write in his diary there's no
0: like cello yeah you know solo happening yeah. in mad max no yeah, it's just
1: all thunderdome and exactly yeah boring. that's not
0: i don't know well it hasn't worked you know in all the alien movies that we've had they always try that and there's always more alien movies maybe the end of alien movies is like you know the creative endeavor and then that's it. Yeah.
1: Like, oh, we fixed it. Will We're Smith sold it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will Smith loves a poem, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's his whole thing. Will Smith never sat down and just punched out a heartfelt <laughs> short story.
0: He's got all the right rhythm yeah. to do that. That's He's right. underutilized. Yeah, yeah. Fresh prince of ballet. That's right.
1: Good and so I read your uh, you put a little piece up around mm. um, New Year's and it was about um, being how to be mental mm. in an apocalypse, mm. which I you know that's where my um that's where my antennas at now I'm mm. looking for apocalypse people for obvious reasons <laughs> it was a great piece, and Thank I you, you know I, I would have spoken about it already in in the intro and just a it was a nice um it was a nice insight into what goes through people's heads or what mm, could be going mm. through people's heads in that situation. I mean, you, you've got people sheltering on the beach in a bushfire. Their, their whole town's mm. about to be burnt down. There's a few water tankers in front of them trying to, you know, trying to protect them. And your last resort is going to the ocean. Mm. And then, but also what's, you know, you're you're putting it out there just going, I don't want to go into the ocean. <laughs> no, I, don't. <laughs> I don't even like being out here on this <laughs> beach.
0: That's it. I don't, I don't even like being here in this room. Like it's, no, I do the company is excellent. Um, (laughs) I think the thing about thinking about the apocalypse is how equalizing it is and how the individual experience can get really lost. And then when it comes to mental illness, it already doesn't feel like a priority uh, in the sense that it's hard to get help. It also often feels like it's a waste of other people's time and resources. And, you know, surely there are more important things that people could be worrying about. And I think that's just really amplified when you think about what would happen in the apocalypse, in that, you know, medical resources, surely they should be, you know, prioritized for people who are on fire and for people who are, you know, their legs have come off and zombies are eating them. And uh, like, where's the space in yeah. that for being anxious? And I feel. Like at the moment, I'm a very anxious person and other people are very anxious people. If it's the apocalypse, everybody's going to be pretty fucking anxious. And where does an anxiety disorder fit in there? So I'm interested in thinking about how the individual experience is sustained and cared for in an apocalypse, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's like if um, if someone says, oh, you know, I, I don't really want to go out and, and scavenge the ruins today. I'm a bit depressed. Yeah, exactly. Like, what it's does like, that dude, mean?
0: We're all depressed. Exactly. And I, I wonder what that looks like. I sort of think about if I had been on that beach and I would have just been an absolute mess and everybody seemed so robust and so brave. and But, you know, I mean, like one in four people... In Australia has a mental illness so some of those people would have been anxious and depressed on top of the fear that they were feeling about the situation and um but how can you be it's I just feel I feel very um like frightened for having to change how I can and how other people who have similar experiences can um can adapt to situations like that where I'm like look I feel really frightened of the outside, I have really horrible agoraphobia. I'm afraid of going outside. <laughs> but what about when my house is under the water and I don't have a choice? Yeah. What do I do then? Yeah. You know, what do I? The aliens come and they explode my house. I'm like, well, but I, but I'm too scared to be outside. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. You don't have You're a house anymore. You're just gonna have to get over it. And yeah. I don't know what just getting over it looks like in a in a like post apocalyptic world, which is really alarming it's kind of quite existential in a way that the apocalypse already is but it adds this extra level i think of existentialism to it
1: do you think that there's like a untapped bit of fortitude in you and like there would be you know people in malakuta for instance they would have never Mm. if they if 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 you had have said here's a thing that you might have to do sure some of them would have been like ah Yeah. There's no way I'd be able to do that.
0: Uh, Yeah, I assume so. I mean, I think your average person would say, oh, yeah, nah. I'm – like, I'm just not brave enough to sit on a beach while the fire is coming and just wait until someone tells me that I have to get in the water. Like, only superheroes and firefighters can do that. I can't do that. I'm just like a – you know, I'm just an admin person or I'm just – and, yeah, so I I can only assume. I think – One of the things I hold out hope for is that because I'm so anxious, I spend a lot of my time preparing for the worst. So actually I'm quite good in a, in kind of a chaotic situation. I can be quite like, don't worry you guys. Like I'm always worried about this. So I've actually been thinking for the past 20 years, like what would I do if this happened? You're you're
1: actually sort of just been running a simulation in your head. Yeah,
0: exactly. That's like constantly all day, every day. It's like if the worst happens, what will I do? Um, So in that sense, I'm quite well prepared, but I'm often pretty good in a crisis and it's because I think that I'm like, okay, this is what we've been preparing for. And now like gather yourself, do the thing, you know what to do. You've been panicked about this your entire life. Let's get on with it, Um, which can be quite useful actually. So, I mean, I hope so. And in a way, (laughs) in a way I hope um, because we're all in it together, I think mental illness is quite othering in a way, you know, it feels quite, Like being excluded or um, not being able to do things that other people can or having feelings that are, you know, that diverge from what is normal, quote unquote. And so there's something kind of comforting about everybody having this experience at the same time in a way. And maybe that also builds fortitude and people coming together and working together and all these things that we've sort of been missing a little bit, which in a way I wonder if those conditions breed not mental illness, but exacerbate maybe mental illness, um, this isolation and people working separately. And um, maybe there's something beautiful in the apocalypse (laughs) coming together. I don't know.
1: (laughs) It it could be the great cure. Mm, Maybe. Like all of a sudden (laughs) there's no mental illness in an apocalypse because – Every day is an assault.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's like no whether you're, <laughs> right.
1: there's no time for introspection. There's no time for oh my god, what am I doing? or I any know. of that.
0: Yeah, I do wonder about that. I mean mental illness, obviously there are two sides to it, which are the circumstantial, kind of environmental side and then the the medical chemical side. Um, but I do wonder whether that yeah, whether there just won't be time for it. I don't have time to feel depressed yeah. and you know, it's so indulgent and it's, it, I mean, it's not, but it feels like it is. It feels so indulgent and so wasteful and all these things. Um, I'm like, well, how, how could anybody do that if the world is ending? Like, and if they do, if it's me and I'm going, Oh my God, you guys, I just feel really depressed today. Like just leave <laughs> me on the side of the road. I, I deserve it. I, I just feel like, don't let me waste any of the vital last resources that we have so that I can like just cuddle, like curl up and feel like shit. Cause that's it. Don't just don't let me like let the stronger people repopulate the <laughs> or not. But you know, um,
1: that's a it's yeah. a classic. Uh, it's a classic movie scene. It's a classic book scene where where someone just leave me. Yeah. God, I can't make it. I'm <laughs> Go not, on without I'm me. I'm <laughs> not strong enough. I know.
0: Just like let the aliens eat me.
1: But always, what happens is someone comes back to that person yeah. and they say, No, we're not leaving without you. Yeah. You have to come. And then yeah. they, there's a little bit of a yeah. triumphant musical fanfare <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 they make it. But mm. maybe the truth's probably going to be more like. I can't, yeah. I can't make it just go on without and me and they'll It'll, be like yeah oh, alright I, I thought she was never going to shut up <laughs> <right>. why does she <laughs> keep talking about feelings
0: I know and I yeah I mean I wonder about that too I play a lot of um, like apocalyptic video games and in those everything's so plentiful there's not really an immediate danger there's often zombies but like there's food everywhere left over there's plants everywhere that you can you know scavenge and yep. grow things and make things and cook and all of this stuff and you find swords everywhere you go and or guns or whatever and um it seems quite easy I think what's been alarming about what's happened with the fires is how different it is from probably the way that pop culture has told us what an apocalypse will be like and then I'm like okay well you know it's one thing to think in an apocalypse it will be like a video game I will go out and I'll like find a bit of stick and I'll find some iron and I'll staple them together and I'll make a gun and there'll be ammo everywhere I go and um but then actually oh I won't be able to breathe
1: there's no smoke in the video game there's
0: there's no none of those sort of uh real climate related or condition environment related threats it's just like you're a person in the wilderness and monsters are coming like it's not going to be like that it's going to be I can't breathe my children can't breathe all the water is gone. You know, we're starving and dehydrated and displaced and there's nowhere else to go. How do you – then what do you do? None of none of my video game training has really prepared God, me for I'm that. God, I'm freaking out a little bit
1: right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, I'm not prepared at all. I know. I know. I thought I was preparing.
1: But what skills but are you bringing to the apocalypse? <laughs> well, I did a podcast. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. I learned about how much I just not prepared at all. Yeah. So I know my limitations. Yeah. That's what I'm bringing. I'm not going to try anything that I know I can't do.
1: What um what what video games <coughs> do you play?
0: Um well, play all the Fallout games. And so Fallout is a post-nuclear apocalypse and it's sort of fine. Everything's fine. Um and that's that's one where you really can just go around and find everything you need and there's nobody else around, so they're not taking it either. There's not like everybody's trying to get the one last bottle of water that Are there is. Are just by yourself? Yeah, you're basically by yourself right. in a wasteland. But, you know, you helpfully find like a companion dog who can sniff out food. Oh, lovely. And, yeah, and I'm like, well, I mean, that sounds actually kind of peaceful in a way. None of, yeah, none of the games that I've played reflect what I think the apocalypse is actually going to be. No, in real life,
1: it. that dog's going to need to sniff out some food pretty damn quickly. Yeah,
0: exactly. You haven't eaten for like eight days and a dog. you know you're drinking water that's contaminated with god knows what and um, it's 80% ash and also the dog is just dead and you didn't find a dog and you were hallucinating because you haven't slept at yeah. all and um, yeah I think in some ways the creeping insidiousness of the apocalypse is much scarier than I imagined.
1: That's the thing, well like a couple of other guests have asked me how I think is going to happen and I, think, I don't think it's going to be like, this is the current one mm. that, that we're going through right now. I don't think it's going to be a sudden thing. It's mm. going to be, ah, oh, there's no marshmallows. What have you know? <laughs> A
0: little bit like
1: that. Yeah. You're like, oh. A bit rough. I want to have a hot chocolate. We can't. The shops haven't got marshmallows. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I think when you see in these fires um, the ecosystems that have been disrupted and if you follow them along their path, like, oh, no, like – Oh, there's not as many ants. Oh, that's good. They won't, like, get in my picnic. And you're like, oh, yeah. hang on. But the birds eat them. And now the birds are dead. Oh, the birds are dead. And yeah. now, like, it just – it it's a very it, – you start to realise how connected everything is and that we can't really live without any of it. And so, it, yeah, it isn't it isn't like, oh, the world suddenly ended – although – you know, hopefully by the time this goes out, Iran and the U.S. won't have exploded each other. But, yeah, it isn't a sudden event by the looks. It's just, like, really awful things that continue to happen until nothing is left and life can't be sustained.
1: Yeah, and you go benefit of hindsight. You think, oh, we should have really. Yeah,
0: paid. yeah. Like, oh, maybe I remember like 20 years ago when that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a sign and we didn't, we just didn't do anything. Um, It's very frustrating. I mean, as everybody will appreciate not being able to do more. It feels like being in the apocalypse with absolutely no control or power or anything to kind of change it in a meaningful way, which I think is also part of that, like being mental in the apocalypse, having to just not be resigned to it because I think it's against human nature to be resigned to it in a way. And I think you can see how incredibly resourceful and helpful people have been despite um, the lack of top-down kind of energy and commitment but um but there's a a degree to which it's just overwhelming you know you just just look at it and you're like well this seems inevitable um and that's even worse i guess i mean when you talk about like climate change deniers that climate change inevitability is which is a word um they're much worse and like look yep no we accept the the climate change crisis is coming is here but uh like you can't do anything about it yeah, so just, yeah. what do you, you know just keep going yeah. just try what to did, stay alive
1: what are we going to do start taxing people
0: <laughs> I know, how outrageous yeah yeah have a think tank instead of 50 million dollar twiggy forest think tank oh, it's that's it. you know thanks. It, <laughs> thanks that's really gonna wow it's fixed um and the frustration of knowing there is enough resource and money in the world to be able to make a big difference to it, but just not, it's, and that's again, this feeling of isolation and being detached from each other and not working towards a common solution and not listening to the people who can actually help everybody to make it. It's its a, you know, yeah.
1: It must be like so frustrating to be uh, a climate scientist.
0: Yeah. I have a friend who's a climate scientist and um, I interviewed her for a piece I wrote last year about climate anxiety, -anxiety. eco-anxiety. And she was just like, look, the thing is we're doing heaps of good work. She works on Antarctic sea ice and the phytoplankton that live inside it. And she's like, we're doing this great work. It's actually not as dire as maybe it seems sometimes. Scientists are working so hard. There's so much good stuff being done. Getting it out around that mass media, just the chaos of mass media, like the messages that go out that are either one way or the other, everything is horrible or everything is fine, like this kind of disinformation, getting through that is almost impossible to be able to tell people what we're actually doing unless someone comes and asks us and actually has a conversation with us about what it is that we're doing and what we've learned and what we're going to be doing and we don't have any real avenues to share it with people yeah and it could be making a difference maybe not well i mean it could be making all kinds of difference it could be making a difference to the way that benefactors are giving their money it could be helping people to know what to do it could just be helping morale i mean but it gets stuck behind this wall of all of this other disinformation
1: yeah phytoplankton in the sea ice is like it's it could be viral research that Mm. gives us a breakthrough to change everything mm. but Harry and Megan have just left the well, royal yeah. family did yeah. you not know oh, about no, that? I knew about that yeah
0: totally across <laughs> 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 Megan's in Canada with her yeah. son it's all um yeah um yeah but but that does get precedence Um, and also just the you know the stuff that comes out in the paper that's like oh we weren't you know we've been talking about climate change all along you're, you're imagining that we weren't talking about it i know like oh, here's some evidence that says that you weren't doing yeah. that like no we were you're just remembering it wrong yeah like, mm, what about all this printed stuff that's here that i can point you to that yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't make any difference the worst thing that ever happened to the world was um was like donald trump coining this fake news idea yeah. and now you can just just shut down anybody's argument by telling them it's it's fake fake. but it is here's the evidence it's it's even in like a a way you can understand there's like a child has drawn a picture that describes the evidence Still like oh no it's i don't believe i just choose to believe that it's fake news someone planted that it's not true it's been you know it's radical lefties are inventing it and they've like created a whole newspaper just to put out this information that's not true and that is impossible to, it feels impossible to overcome that yeah. idea
1: yeah. So that the global warming's crap and, and here's a piece of evidence as to why and you go oh ever like this blog piece <laughs> yeah. by the former <laughs> head of the australian <laughs> minerals council exactly that, yeah you know
0: what constitutes evidence has changed a lot and that's very scary
1: I said earlier, before we started recording, about just trying to find someone with a, a coherent piece of non-global warming evidence, and mm. it's, then next thing you know, you're reading about, <laughs> you're just in the the bottom of some YouTube black <laughs> hole, That's right, yeah, and the government's using directed energy weapons to burn down the forest because they want to put a high speed rail to link these modern c- anyway, yeah,
0: that high speed rail rumour. The thing about being on Twitter <laughs> all the time is that you can see them starting. I remember when people started talking about the rumour that the Greens had lit the fires deliberately. Yeah, And you kind of saw this little spark of a rumour on Twitter, which I think had probably come from Reddit. And it just started. And you could see as soon as it started that, that it, would, it would come out into mainstream media and like, oh, let's not let that happen but you can't stop it and so you watch these just falsities be born and then the next day they're on sunrise you're like hang on but we watched that start as a lie how is it on the news now and that is horrifying to watch it's like how do you how do you put a dam in that kind of flow of just garbage nonsense that hurts everybody I I don't know how to I don't know what the answer is to that
1: it's easy to start or turn a rumor into a fact because you just need to know what people are thinking that they need confirmed exactly and then yeah
0: all of climate change is confirmation bias and that is it and it's so easy as you said like You just need to find someone's blog that backs you up and that doesn't need to have any credentials. It doesn't need to be peer-reviewed. It doesn't need to – you just go on WordPress and you start a blog and you type whatever you want and someone goes, look at this. This is true. Like, it isn't. I I literally just made it up to prove the point about the fact that you would think it was true.
1: That's the good thing about being um, an opinion uh, writer, like having <laughs> an opinion column because <laughs> you can write anything. You just
0: write whatever you want. You can
1: write anything you yeah. like and it's your opinion. It's just me opinion. Mm. You know, I think oh. you, that's, that's wrong. Yeah, it's just me opinion, mate. That's
0: right. And it's, you know, harmless if it's yeah. just your opinion. What harm could it do? I'm just like telling you what I think. Uh, oh yeah. And the <laughs> 60,000 people yeah. who read your column are now telling their friends. And the trouble is that people aren't taught to critically assess information like I didn't learn about media ownership until I was at university and I did a unit called media ownership and someone explained to me that the way media is controlled changes the content that comes out of it yeah. and they're like well look this person owns all the mines and so the content that they put in the newspaper that they have a part ownership in looks like this and I was like oh my god I mean that makes perfect sense but I had never thought other than I'll just read the paper and see what the facts are. It never occurred to me. And we don't learn that. Like I try, I teach my kids to try to be discerning about the information that they read and to understand where it comes from and why it might be like that. And But like no one sort of learns that in the course of their standard education.
1: No, no one's learning it before they get out of…
0: You have to want to yeah. learn that.
1: Yeah.
0: And it makes so much difference to the way you understand what is being said to always just go, okay, but you know, why might someone be motivated to use that language to describe this or who owns this magazine? And even if you think, you know, who owns it, who owns the company that owns that company that owns it? Like you need to need to really make the effort, do the work to understand what you're reading and, and, you know, taking in anywhere um, before before it becomes part of your belief system i just yeah. feel like we don't do enough of them we do less and less of it in some ways because um, there is so much information just take it at face value
1: yeah. just and it's, see, that it's a confirmation bias thing again as well like you, you, you find a meme that agrees with what you yeah. want to say so you just go bang there it is on facebook mm. windmills are never going <laughs> to make their <laughs> windmills are never going to make the their 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 investment back in actual power yes or you just go i saw that and i went no that can't be right Mm. googled it i know two minutes and it's a little segment out of a thing and it doesn't even say that it says some people you know if a windmill is placed in the wrong spot yeah where it gets no wind then it's never going to make back its investment Its power yeah like that's you know, yeah, such I well, a cherry, and then you you say to the person who posted it, all you had to do was like one little Google yeah. search, and you would know that that's wrong, and you, why yeah. are you, why you're putting that up as fake news. man. I, I know.
0: <laughs> the number of times, of course, you, you found what
1: you wanted to find. <laughs> like, oh,
0: exactly, I know. Some people seem to think that the entire internet is just a variation of propaganda. Like everything is just there for someone who wants to find it yeah. to prove a point to somebody else the number of times you see something on facebook where someone has posted you know like a an emotive photo of a koala that's been caught in a something and um or a fire that has been clearly photoshopped or and then in the comments there are people giving evidence about why it's not true like oh here's the actual reporter here's like a research paper that says that this is not true and the post stays up and now there's 500,000 comments and no one's going to see those comments that explain why it's not true. Yeah. And the person who posted it in the first place isn't going to take it down because now they've got a million shares and that's currency to them. Yeah. And so it just carries on spreading this. It's
1: a million little yeah. Ding, ding, yeah. Ding, 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 ding,
0: And it, on Twitter as well, you see tweets and inside the tweet thread, there are people going, actually, this is a photo from a different fire eight years ago. And then the original tweeter going... Oh, yeah, okay. And then the, that original person going, well, do you want to take it down? They're like, oh, I think it's still important to share. Yeah, yeah. Mm, do you? Why, though? There's so much of that. It, it's, horrif- again, horrifying to watch the the pattern of that conversation because it just happens over and over and over and this social capital drives it. Like, yeah. I want to be the you most get, shared and yeah. the most liked. And
1: Every retweet and every like is a little mm. ding of dopamine in your exactly. brain. Exactly, so yeah.
0: But you can achieve that in so many other ways. (laughs) You could go for a walk. (laughs) You could post a picture of a puppy and people could go, oh my God, I love that puppy. And then you get the same. It doesn't have to be a lie about climate,
1: you know. (laughs) It can be
0: like a tiny porcupine
1: and then it will get the same. Yeah. Yeah. So eco anxiety, mm. I had that down as a thing to bring up, and you did an article you wrote about it.
0: Yeah, I wrote about that in uh, L Magazine That's last my, year.
1: Because my daughter tells me she just stop talking about it, Dad. Because mm. I say, look, mate, just go to kickboxing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> How old's your daughter?
1: Ah, uh, she's eleven. Yeah. Just go to kickboxing. I know it's hot, but you know, (laughs) you always have fun and you might need these skills down the track.
0: Kickboxing sounds much more (laughs) useful than poetry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then she's, Dad, stop saying down the track, all right? (laughs) I know that climate change is a thing, but can I just please be a child? (laughs) (laughs) Like, all right. (sighs) Let's have the afternoon off kickboxing. (laughs) Can I
0: just be a child? God, can we all just be a child it it feels like there's all this extra stuff to worry about that's different from normal things to worry about like that when you're like can i just be a child can i just be like an adult yeah. and worry about going to work yeah. and what am i going to make for dinner and you know do my friends like me and should i quit my whatever but not to have to have this extra layer of like will my You know, will my house still exist in a year or will my friends all perish in a fire or am I going to, you know, will it even still exist when I'm 60 or, you know, there's all these tweets around that say some variation of nobody needs super anymore because everybody's counting on the fact that the world will end before any of us get to retire and there's so much truth in it though you're like ha 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 and then you're like ooh, ooh. <laughs> just maybe yeah actually yeah. that is sort of my plan and to beat my daughters are 14 and 16 and they have you know that resentful of the fact that everything is so bad and that it has nothing to do with them they didn't do it nobody stopped it before they got a chance to to just be people and to just you know, yeah, have all the normal worries and to not have all of this other existential dread just hanging around them.
1: Imagine, like, being in um, World War Two, and there's no life because there's... Mm. A, but at least that was going to end. And they go, oh, we've just... We've had D-Day. Oh, yes. Mm. Like, people are still getting killed, but... Yeah, just, it's milestones, can, so see, yeah, we can <laughs> yeah, we can see the end coming, you know, whereas... Well, th-
0: you can imagine an end, I guess. I think the thing about what's happening now is that it just feels so futile or endless or the only end to it is that everything is gone which is different I think maybe from other terrible things that have happened and maybe when you're in it it feels like that anyway I mean maybe when you're in the war you feel like this is the end of everything. I know, you know, when we think about World War 3 we're like, well, there won't be World War Four, yeah. or World War Four will be <laughs> fought with sticks or <laughs> whatever people are saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. No more wars. But climate change feels like irreversibly bad or like, you know, it would take another 60 million years for the earth to recover in order to carry on. Yeah, Which okay. is a different...
1: That's quite the time scale. Um,
0: that's my scientific estimation yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm a scientist because I'm on the internet yep. and everybody on we're, the all internet. Right. We're, we're all scientists that's right we're all experts and scientists yeah
1: yeah and like it's a thing where it's our kids will have to be fighting this all the time because mm. they always unless I don't know unless there's some kind of global revolution or something where it just goes alright there's no more fossil fuels and we yeah. just the, the, they're always going to be saying stop Mm. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. This, you know.
0: Yeah, like what? How does that end? How do they stop doing that? Yeah, like what you, does that look like?
1: You have to, because like, one of the uh, things that I read, you know, because I'm a very, um, I'm a very thorough podcaster, and I always do my research. And mm, I read mm. on the train mm. on the way here. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Was that action can is a um, is a great, not cure, but an action is a great way to reduce. Your eco-anxiety, yes. like to yeah. f- feel like you're doing something. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think that's true of lots of anxieties and especially this where it sort of feels like the only way forward mentally and emotionally is to take action. You can't just – if you sit idle, it's hopeless. It feels hopeless.
1: And so so going to, going to the protester and mm. writing a letter to your mm. – I mean writing a letter to your MP <laughs> can be – can seem it futile, depends who your MP is. Depends probably. who your MP is. <laughs> yeah. If it's um if it's Michelle Landry in the electorate of Capricornia, Rockhampton, Michelle, hurry up and build a Darnie Landry. Um, yeah. feels a bit futile, but yes, you've it got to you know, every little bit counts.
0: They have to read it. They is have that, to Is that a is yeah. that a thing? Or I does think so. someone I think, have see to now read I might be perpetrating perpetrating what's that word? Perpetuating? Perpetuating fake news. By saying this, but I thought as long as you abide by kind of the guidelines of writing a letter or doing a phone call, which is like no swearing and don't be overtly rude, that they have to listen or read something like that. I don't know. I don't know if that, now that I've said that, I feel like that's not true, but let's just say it is true. And there may be more people. Someone has to. <laughs> it. Someone and must be And if they get it.
1: 10 of the same. Yeah, they get maybe the they then pass it they on. They might have to pass it on.
0: And then someone reads it to yeah. Scott Morrison. I've
1: always had reply. Like I email I email Michelle quite a bit mm-hmm. and uh, you always get a reply mm. from a person, never her. Is the
0: reply just a picture of like someone cheering then a Dhani underneath? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I was great. thinking
1: about... Um, going down to her office Mm. when I'm – because I'm I'm on the road a lot, so I'm Mm. not often there. But when I am there, I think about just going down to her office uh, uh, on the Friday, you know, the school strike time, Mm. and just sitting out the front and going across the floor.
0: I mean, how much of that action can be sustained before something changes is, I guess, the question that I have. It's like if you look at how many people went to the climate strikes just this week, gone – it's it's very hard to ignore. Yeah. Like ha- and how long can the people who make decisions and the policy makers? How long can they look at that and go, everything's fine, before something else happens? I guess I don't know what the something else happens is. What does that mean? But um, it feels, it feels like a groundswell of something that is hard to pretend isn't there. Yeah. I guess, and it seems inevitable that something will happen if it's in time or appropriate, I don't know, but it has to be something different.
1: There's got to be, surely there's got to be like a, a Liberal Party uh, member of Parliament who is looking at Scott Morrison and his the way he's behaved in the last few months mm. and just sort of thinking, I can't.
0: There's like, been a few who have expressed that yeah. publicly, that they're not happy with the way that he's behaved. But the trouble is that the policies that control some of this stuff are so deeply embedded in this party yeah that it doesn't matter so they can go i don't agree with scott morrison but i'm still going to be part of this party that generally supports fossil fuels and that supports the coal industry and that won't make these changes and that doesn't have a good climate change policy and tells lies and so you know i don't i publicly disagree with the person who is who has poor optics right now but i'm not going to change what i stand for as a politician yeah which is hard to tolerate. Like, if you care about it that much, you can split from your party. Yeah, you, can you can become an go, independent yeah. and you can do whatever you like. You can
1: remain voted in. You can cross the floor. You can actually exactly. have more power than if you... Exactly.
0: And you can do that right now. Yeah. You, I mean, not right now because parliament, parliament sits like every three months. <laughs> but, um, you know, but you can do more. You, can't, you can do more than just saying, I disagree. You're actually the one who is able to make some of these things happen. And it's yeah, that's very frustrating as well to watch someone say the things that are going to be popular without actually changing their behaviour. Yeah, it's hard to choose which things to be frustrated about. There's just so many. You know,
1: someone could go out a hero. You become Couldn't a hero. they? Now's but the that time was for it to become a hero.
0: <laughs> that was the thing that confused me the most about Scott Morrison's behaviour with these fires was that if he had acted differently, he could have been heroic. He could have been like, right, this isn't good enough. I'm going to change this. I'm going to send in all of this extra money. I'm back. You know, I've come back from Hawaii right now. I'm on the plane at the moment doing a press conference on the plane and we're going to invest all this money. We're going to, you know, get people on the ground. We're going to listen to what the communities need and we're going to immediately change our climate change policies. And that would have been a very popular decision on his part. I sort of don't understand why he didn't. I mean, the... the immense power that coal must hold over them for that to have not been a viable option is quite scary to think it's better that he looks completely incompetent and that people have continued to die and be made homeless and, you know, having this truly awful experience that that's still better than him upsetting the coal industry, which is staggering like what does that look like on the inside?
1: His whole team is former, is coal. Mm, and mm, mm. So no one's sitting next to him on the plane saying, <laughs> <laughs> "It's time for a climate change policy." Oh, can, ima-
0: can you imagine? Can you imagine? Imagine there was a mole in the oh, Liberal I wish Party, there was a mole. and they were just like, "Actually, surprise! I've just been biding my time, and now I'm the prime minister. Everything's different now. Oh wow! Well, like, yeah, we're just you know, I've like a secret." Left-wing, or even even like not extreme right-wing, but someone who likes science and believes in evidence. And I've just been waiting, and now I'm here.
1: Well, we're due for a new prime minister. <laughs> yeah, are we? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's been how long has he been prime minister? Oh. For a, a year. <laughs> a year. Yeah, yeah we're totally yeah, it's been overdue. So long. Yeah,
0: I can't remember what what that's like to have the same prime minister for a year. It's um that was quite alarming to think about. When you look at what other countries, especially in Europe, have done, that there's no appetite politically for him to do something like that.
1: Once they worked out, it was a way to get elected, or mm. that it was a thing you could use to get. Same as the tamper, yeah. Like Howard went, "Hey, that, yeah, I can use that." Yeah. And then they go climate change. We can use that. Yeah. And then they dance around in Parliament, and then mm. and then they say, "Oh no, we've our our party's always understood."
0: Oh yeah, we've always thought this. Yeah. You There's another one of those. You're like, well, but what about when you said that? Like, yeah. oh, oh, no, we never said that.
1: Yeah. What about when you took the coal to parliament? That was. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> why can't
0: you guys take a joke?
1: Yeah. That was a totally different thing. You can see in 20 years that someone will be going, no, we we took that in. We took the coal to parliament because we wanted to make the point that That's we need right. to stop burning yeah, coal. Yeah, yeah. That's why we took yeah. it in. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. like retconning in movies. Like suddenly the past is different. Yeah. It just changed what happened. To make our point now, I look at those – I mean, everybody does look at these guys and just think, how do you change that? Like how does that become different? The coal stuff is so embedded in people's understanding of how the economy works when it isn't really like that. Like I did quite a bit of research and writing last year on um, renewables in the US and in the UK but especially in the US and the volume of jobs that come from renewable energy over there is enormous and I mean they don't have a coal industry like ours but all of those different renewable industries that they support which is solar and wind and they have nuclear power there too and all of them sustain tens of thousands of jobs like in I can't remember what the figure is but something like 180,000 people are employed in solar energy in the US so when you think about dismantling the industry here which will happen anyway because The coal will become obsolete. As a
1: commodity, it's falling. They all know that
0: it's going to eventually, and not even that long in the distance. Like in the next 15 years, coal will be obsolete. We won't be able to export it anywhere. And the coal plants will all be obsolete. They'll all be broken down. We're not going to build anymore. So transitioning those communities to other jobs and other forms of energy is better for the economy than waiting for the coal industry to collapse and then going, oh, Oh, so, oh, oh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, we didn't plan. Oh. Well, we thought it was going to be good <laughs> forever. Yeah.
0: And now we have an extra $15 billion a year that we have to spend on welfare for people who are now unemployed.
1: And I'm not an expert. But no,
0: no, you are, because we're on the internet Imagine this.
1: someone saying that. I'm not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> imagine if someone admitted they weren't an expert. <laughs> what a notion. I, from a mental health point of view, mm. You're a coal miner, and mm. I'm I'm going to talk to a coal miner. Um, but you're a coal miner, and you're doing it, and you're just going. Actually, I don't think this is. But if you're working in a, if you're a renew, if you're a, what are the windmills wind. called? A wind turbine. Wind.
0: <laughs> turbine, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but if, if you're a wind turbine mm. guy, so that's a whole different headspace, isn't it?
0: I assume so. And there's there's whole um, like all the bodies that are associated with renewable energy have a totally different approach from. Coal industry bodies, you know, like hydro is completely different. And actually, they're quite different from each other in some ways.
1: It's on a personal level, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Tell you yeah. feel better about yourself. Hmm. What's the, uh, anyway, do I'm, you, I'm definitely, I definitely want to talk to a yeah, coal Yeah, you should person. ask. You
0: should, you should definitely get a coal person in and then say... A coal say, miner. Do, yeah, a coal miner and say, do you feel good about yourself? Yeah. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then live stream what happens after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah,
1: definitely got to have that on the Facebook live.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think uh I think when we are middle class people in the city we're quite disconnected from what that would be like.
1: And and it's just a job. Like you've got to have a yeah. job. You've got yeah. to feed the family and all that sort of stuff. And it's a stuff. really
0: hard job. Yeah. And so for you know, imagine for a lot of people that's a lot of energy and and hard labor. And difficult working conditions
1: for someone depends what your job is in the coal mine. You're, <laughs> if the you're the canary, or you truck in an air conditioned <laughs> maybe, cabin,
0: maybe, maybe. Um
1: Canary's probably the toughest job. That's a really
0: tough one. That's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that one. Do they uh, still have canaries. They definitely don't. Yeah, no. But maybe, maybe they should. Maybe that would
1: give them it's information. It's hard to find a canary need. because the wind turbines are killing them. That's all. true. They all fly into them. <laughs>
0: Known canary killers, wind turbines. But you know, at a, on a day-to-day level, I don't know. I don't know. Do people think of it? I, some people must. Yeah. What am I contributing to? But for some people, this is the only job that is available to me. I have to feed my family. And you know, it's not optional. I don't have time to consider what that what the implications of my work are, or it's not up to me. You know, someone's made this job, and I'm doing it. It's not my
1: fault. Yeah, that's that personal responsibility thing yeah. where you feel bad because you have forgot to bring your shopping bags and you have to <laughs> buy two, two new plastic bags at Coles. I know. And you go, oh, my God, I'm a monster.
0: It's so embarrassing. Yeah. You go to the – sometimes go to the – because, you know, you want to support jobs too, so you go to the non-self-serve checkout, even though I love the self-serve checkout.
1: Don't have to talk to anyone.
0: But I've been wanting to do that since I was a child. When they introduced self-serve checkouts – they were like two at one of our supermarkets years ago. I was beside myself with joy at the idea of being able to scan <laughs> my own, and all my family knew it. They were like, "Oh my God, Anna, there's self, so you can yep. do it yourself now." I, when I was a child, a really small child, we used to play supermarket sweep with my dad in the supermarket. I don't know if you remember the show, but it was set in a a supermarket set. And they had like quests that they had to go like teams, and it was like oh, it to was run like, around with the trolley yeah, yeah. And, and they were like, yep. go and find the John West yellowfin lemon tuna, and they had to go off and they had to go find it. And if you were the fastest, then you won. Or then the a bit at the end where you had to spend as much money as possible, so they'd go and get every single nappy off yeah, the shelves. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, it was the best. And my dad used to send us out at the supermarket on little quests like that. And be like, okay, it's supermarket sweep. Go and get peanut butter crunchy. We're like, okay. Like on your marks, and um, yeah, so when <laughs> when it came to self serve checkouts, that was just an extension of my yeah, love of supermarket right. sweep, yeah, it's like this is my time, but um asking for another bag, yeah, it's the feels worst. awful, it's I'm the like, worst. sorry, can I please have a bag, I and they're like, it. "Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. can I just have what can you try to just fit it all in one bag? And they're like, "I don't know if this is going to fit in one bag, I'm really sorry, <laughs> they look at you like you're personally responsible for the downfall of, you know, yeah, civilization.
1: See, I'm getting guilted out by a checkout no. chick. Just all back right. up. Uh, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> you look
0: at you like, ah, oh, but all the things that I've bought, You know, I've tried to, I haven't used a plastic bag for my apples. They're just loose. And my dad was telling me he the other day went to the supermarket and got all his produce loose and felt really, you know, quite pleased with himself (laughs) for being so environmentally (laughs) conscious. And then when he went to the checkout, it just kept rolling off the scales. And this poor guy was just like, I don't know. I'm going to have to put it in a bag. I don't know how to manage this. Your zucchini keeps rolling away. Like, okay,
1: well... I guess it's... Just wedge, wedge it with a grape. <laughs> <laughs> Use some initiative. Oh, he
0: was like, they don't have lips on the edges <laughs> of the scales anymore because everything's wrapped oh, up. Yeah, so right, everything just right. rolls around. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's sort of, in a way, you feel like, okay, I'm not going to buy a reusable bag, but here I am in a supermarket that is owned by an industry that invests in coal yeah, or whatever, invests in weapons, invests in, you know, this horrible... But I'm not going to buy a 15-cent bag. I'm yeah. going to carry it with my bare hands. And they wrap up their bananas in plastic on a styrofoam bloody sheet. But I'm not going to buy a bag. Yeah. Like, th- and that's when it starts to feel like, how do you break through some of those issues?
1: Ultimately, it's a person. Like, just It's a person that decides, you know, I don't want to feed my family, so I'm going to get a job in a coal mine. Yeah. And then it's a person that decides... Yeah, this yeah. Is There's the a CEO sitting yeah. up
0: there going, "Yeah, of course we will approve investing 1.5 trillion dollars in, you know, yeah. in fossil fuels." People. Yeah, and that is really alarming. But that's you know, it's hard um, when you have someone like Scott Morrison in power not to feel like that's the majority of people. Yeah, if all those people are voting for him, maybe that's just what people are like. And then you start to have all these. Horrible thoughts about what people might really be like. Which (laughs) is not a good place to go. Actually, oh my God, people are bad. Yeah. People are horrible.
1: The worst. Have you ever been on a
0: train? Oh my God. Not for long no (laughs) deliberately avoid going on trains. Not because I just don't go anywhere.
1: Hmm.
0: Not because I'm really environmentally bad i haven't been on a plane for 15 years
1: well if you want to look at the positives of you know you know mental having some kind of mental health problems it's, <laughs> you're very eco-friendly <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a it's, you've got a very small carbon footprint
0: no, but i actually you don't i, fly, I really you do you
1: don't leave the house you I, live in a very small com- <laughs> you know you're a small community I, know.
0: I work like this office where we are right now is a kilometer from my house and I use a tank of fuel, like, every three or four weeks. <laughs> there you so, go. So, you know. Yeah, let's
1: look at the positives.
0: <laughs> no, that's true. Everybody should have just horrible crippling anxiety. Yeah. That will fix it.
1: And, um, yeah, then if you've got a solar panels and horrible <laughs> crippling anxiety, you, you're you yeah. actually making a positive contribution. <laughs> that's
0: right. I'm putting I'm putting anxiety back into the grid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my contribution. There you go. I got there in the end. That's what my contribution in the apocalypse will be. Yeah. Excess usable energy, nervous energy. Yeah, you just you wire can yourself. harness you it. You could wire that's yourself right, up.
1: Yeah. Uh, matrix style. That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that might be a solution. We should put that one in your next letter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, fu- you know, a little less investment in the fossil fuel industry, a little more investment in the anxiety extraction. Yeah. And, th- and there may be... You get your anxiety extracted to power the grid, but then you have no anxiety. There's so always The next thing more. you know, you're flying to Bali. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, great.
0: Oh, I'm so I'm cured. Now I'm going to be an asshole. Yeah, then no, there's always more anxiety. Okay. Plenty more <laughs> so where that came. from. It's just an endless well of fear and worry. Yep.
1: On that note, Anna. <laughs> 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 Thanks for having a chat. Oh,
0: thanks for having me. It's the Apocalypse Comedy Podcast.
1: That was Anna Spargo-Ryan talking about how to be mental in the apocalypse. Good chat. Uh, Thank you to you for making it this far great to have you with us uh, if you want to see more of anna's stuff uh, for, buy her books etc etc go to her website which is annaspargoryan.com she's got a memoir coming out which is great i love a good memoir uh, if you want to check out more of my stuff it's all on my website au. you can get links to buy tickets to my upcoming festival shows in perth adelaide and pretty soon melbourne the uh Promo code for you to use, if you are buying a ticket, is podcast. And that'll get you a pretty sweet uh, $10 discount off a full price ticket. So do that. It'd be great to see you at the live shows. Tell your friends about the podcast. Review it on the Apple Podcasts site. That would be very helpful if you could do that. Very, very appreciative. And hit me up on the social medias. Um, send me a message. Always great to hear from you. Even if it is constructive criticism. Always like it. A guest suggestion love a good guest suggestion i can hit people up if you can send them my way trying to get in touch with a couple of people that have been suggested to me so always always good to have a guest suggestion also next week's guest is a climate scientist who works for the CSIRO also one of the panelists and authors on the latest UN IPCC report Get the hell out of here. He's a proper bigwig, uh, a mover and shaker. And what I want to do, if you have any questions for him, Professor David Caroli, uh, Caroli I don't know how to pronounce his last name, um, send them through if you would like to ask a question of an actual climate scientist. Even the dumbest climate change denier questions would be great. Maybe you could send through a question that he won't be able to answer and then the whole climate change thing will be exposed as a hoax on this podcast. Imagine that. (laughs) Probably not going to happen. If you're in an area where bushfires are burning, stay safe. If you're in an area where there's bushfire smoke, who cares? Get out there, breathe it in. Uh, Catch you on the next episode. It's the Apocalypse Comedy Podcast.